Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hey! hey. <laughs> also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you save that accent for now? <laughs> Should have done that. Um, West Side Story. I expect you to listen to weird fish noises. Say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> higher expectations. <laughs> Speaking fish. So, so uh, if that wasn't a hint, this week we are going to cover The Little Mermaid. Dun, da, da, da. Blah, blah. And this is the show that is based upon the 1989 Disney film, which was inspired by the 1837 story Hans Christian Andersen. So the the show is very, very different from the original story. Uh, the original story is very depressing. Yep. But you can find the full story online. It is in the public domain. And I do recommend reading it. So a little bit of background about the musical. Thomas Schumacher, head of Disney Theatrical, was the one who proposed the adaption. Alan Menken, who was approached to be part of the production, he was the one that originally wrote the music for the Disney film. And he would actually go on to write 10 new songs with lyricist Glenn Slater. So it does keep a lot of the songs from the original movie, but the new songs are very nice. Oh, yeah. Playwright Doug Wright was brought on as the book writer for the show. He focused on Ariel's longing not for a prince, but for a world in which she feels truly realized in her own terms. Her ambitions are bigger than any one man. Yes! I love it. Yes! <laughs> it doesn't really come quite across that way in the show. I mean, but no. I appreciate his efforts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you take what you can get. It's true, because in the musical, she expresses, you know, longing for the, the upper world as it were, more than the man than like mm-hmm. the original movie. So, yeah, it's kind of there. Matthew Bourne was originally brought in to helm the musical, but he left due to a difference in vision. So Francesca Zambello was then approached by Schumacher saying, we haven't found a way to do the water. Listen, help us. <laughs> I, it, it's got to be underwater. That's how it yeah. So Zambello's experience, the fantasy elements in opera made her open to the project. So this was actually her Broadway directorial debut, which is awesome. And she made the decision that no water, wires, or flying were actually to be used in the production. Safe. (laughs) She asked her design team to use translucent materials to create abstract shapes and manipulate the light to give that watery illusion. I love it. Yep. Right. So also, choreographer Stephen Meir had the actors wear heelys, which are those, like, (laughs) the tennis shoes with the wheels on the heel that, like, kids wore back when we were in like middle school and then their teachers yelled at them about it yep the cool kids <laughs> yeah not me actually dubbed them mer blades so that's cute <laughs> very innovative i would say mm-hmm. love it yeah and then tails were on sprung steel rods which were designed by michael curry and those were attached to their hips so Sierra Bagus, who originated the role of Ariel, was an ice skater and had no trouble in the Heelys, but the rest of the cast actually took some getting used to it. <laughs> I would fall on my butt. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do it. Never actually tried, Mm-mm. and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, rollerbladed. Never Heelied. See, I can't really do that either, so. Me either. <laughs> Doing great. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. 
Also, Ariel's original tail had a motor inside that allowed it to move independently, but the mechanics made it heavy and loud, which is totally fair, because that's what I would yeah. expect. Uh, and that would uh, that was actually removed. So Just trying to sing, and you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> Tail goes swish. But they tried. I gotta give them that. They tried. Motorized tail go burr. <laughs> <laughs> so, as for the productions... Rehearsals began on May 29th, 2007 at the new 42nd Street Studios in New York. The cast had six weeks of rehearsals before the pre-Broadway tryout. Previews began at the Lundfontein Theater on November 3rd, 2007, and it was temporarily shut down on November 10th, 2007 due to the 2007 Broadway stagehand strike. The strike ended on November 28th, 2007, and the show resumed previews the next day. The official opening date was postponed from December 6, 2007 to January 10, 2008. Jody Benson and Pat Carroll, who starred in the 1989 animated film as Aria and Ursula, attended the opening night ceremony. Which is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> no it's pressure. Just, it's just None. only fitting. Yeah, it's only right. The original cast included Sierra Bogus as Ariel, Sean Palmer as Prince Eric, Brian D'Addario and Trevor Braun alternated as Flounder, Norm Lewis as King Triton, Sherry Renee Scott as Ursula, Titus Burgess as Sebastian, Tyler Menard as Flotsam, Derek Baskin as Jetsam, Jonathan Freeman as Grimsby, and John Tracy Egan as Chef Louis. Yes, I Na- said na- Names are hard. All the yep. names. Names are hard. <laughs> and I actually, so I did see this at the Muni, at the Muni. last year. I think it was yes. last year. And if I remember correctly, the show has a lot of kids in it, which is pretty cool, I think. A lot of the, like, fish are played by kids on stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, you know, nice, like, role for youngins who are interested in theater. Yeah, absolutely. Did we see this one on Muni? I, I can't remember. I thought we did. Yeah. So we saw this one at the Muni a long time ago, and I remember not liking it. Because, but the, so the one that we're used to, the one that we're covering is the Broadway adaption, the very first one that came out. And so there's different songs, but they remade it after a certain period in time, which rearranged the songs and shortened some songs and took some stuff out, which Mm. I didn't like. And so I didn't really care for it. And also Ursula was played by a man. Uh, Yeah, I remember that. Interesting. Weird. He wasn't even that good. No. <laughs> yeah. He was a big name, something or other, and I'm, they gave it to him, and which is fine and all, but he just didn't do great as Ursula, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Gotta be a little bit of a sassy woman, <laughs> I feel like, to really nail Ursula. That's true. No, I saw it with my brother last summer, and I enjoyed it. You know, I see what you mean. Like, it seemed a little weirdly organized, but yeah. I did totally fall in love with Prince Eric. So, whoever played him was fantastic. Ugh. I missed it this last production, but I did see it when the first time I came through the Muni. Anyway, on to other, anyway. other performances. So, the production actually closed on August 30th, 2009, after 50 previews and 685 performances. It's a big chunk. Thomas Schumacher said... Quote, it would be fiscally irresponsible to our shareholders to risk operating losses with such a big show in the historically challenging fall months. We are closing the Broadway production to concentrate on the long future life of this title. Which is a fair point. Fair. 
Yeah. But. Eh. Eh. Random side note, uh, because it underperformed, director Glenn Casal was brought on to reinvent the musical for the 2012 Dutch production. He made changes to the score and the book, including a new song which gave Ursula and Triton new backstory. He replaced the Heelys with aerial effects and flying harnesses to create the illusion of being underwater, which is what they wanted to avoid earlier on, but that's fine. It seems dangerous. <laughs> also, yes, as we know from other shows, <coughs> Spider-Man, <coughs> uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> so these various changes have actually been incorporated into the official version of the show that Disney Theatrical currently licenses for regional and professional productions. Which is why the ones we see at the Muni are different. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll join in. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's how I feel about this show, but that's okay. So, the first U.S. tour was originally scheduled to start in the fall of 2010, but was postponed in August 2014 for the fall of 2015. That's a, a jump. jump. Yeah. They were just like, ah, we'll come back to this in five years. <laughs> And also, The Little Mermaid did have international productions, which is awesome. I always love seeing this. In Israel, Philippines, the Netherlands, Russia, Japan, Denmark, Belgium, Brazil, and Finland. Love it. I'm always curious how, like, the songs and themes how translate. It yeah. Because it's That's like, true. obviously, like, songs are going to be a lot different, and things aren't going to mean the same in different cultures. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how they, like, adjust yeah, I mean, I think it was easier for this production because they had, like, they already had translations of the movie, so... Yeah. It's a story that's been known. But, like, other productions that are, like, only known as Broadway productions. Right. Maybe we'll do, like, a bonus episode on that sometime. Yeah. Like, the the process. But with that, uh, we can go ahead and swim our way into Act 1. Boo. It was an easy one, come on. Boo. <laughs> So we open with Prince Eric, and he is heading a ship with his nautical expert pilot and advisor, Grimsby, and crew. They're discussing the mythical merfolk that supposedly live in the seas. Grimsby, of course, thinks it's superstitious nonsense, and Prince Eric kind of laughs it off, but the sailors are super serious. If you ever know sailors, they were very suspicious. Oh, yeah. Of everything. Everything. Especially the sea. The sea. So Grimsby wants Prince Eric to return to his kingdom to fulfill his birthright as king. Prince Eric doesn't think that's the life for him, he just dreams of being on the sea. He hears a beautiful singing voice and orders them to follow after it, and the song is Fathoms Below. And it's a great opener, in my opinion. It's just very nice, fun, Mm -hmm. And fun fact, I believe this song actually previously existed, just without words. Hmm. Like in the the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I want to rewatch the movie, so that's cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, deep below the ocean in the Merfolk Kingdom, a concert is taking place. And it's Obviously. in honor of a thwarted coup d'etat by the sea witch Ursula. It is being performed by the Daughters of Triton, whose names I can never remember, although they all start with A. That's all I know. I think I know all of them. And so... Of course, this is all directed by King Triton's court composer, Sebastian the Crab. However, the youngest daughter, Ariel, is nowhere to be found. She's missing her solo and the concert comes to a halt. Shame. Ba, ba, ba. 
so this is the song Daughters of Triton. So Ariel is actually floating about near the surface, having completely forgotten about the concert. And she is admiring her newest find, a fork, and is marveling about how much she adores the human world in the song The World Above. Which, I mean, fair. I would probably be just as marveling, just as marveled. What's the word for that? Amazed. Amazed. There we go. Just as amazed Intrigued. by, like, an underwater world. So That's true. Mm-hmm. I would be thrilled. Like, it seems silly. She's like, a fork? What? But, like, Dangle for hopper. real, though. We don't know that yet. Get your terms <laughs> right. With her best friend Flounder, of course, she visits Scuttle and his fellow seagulls to ask about the human things she's collected. And so he explains, but not quite correctly. And this is the song Human Stuff. Yeah, so he says a lot of weird stuff, like, you're going to be the dog's meow, and calls a fork a dinglehopper, and mm-hmm. a bunch of goofy things that are almost there, but not quite right. It's great. Elsewhere, Ursula is planning revenge against her brother, King Triton. She was banished from the palace for using black magic, possibly responsible for the death of their father. Mm. Oops. Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I gotta say, gotta say, this is one part I do like more about the musical than the movie, because I don't feel like we get a lot of background no. into Ursula. Ursula from that, like, yeah. hour-long Disney movie. So we actually get a lot more about her here, which I like. She's just kind of evil to be evil. Yeah. As Disney movies do. They're yeah. siblings. They hate each other. Why are you doing this? Because. I hate you. I have eyeliner on. A- F you. I'm a lion with eyeliner. <laughs> I'm your brother. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do like the I like the well-rounded of... villains. Yeah. I do too. Agreed. There must be a reason why they're evil. It can't just be, I woke up, I'm going to be evil. <laughs> True. You know, I thought about it. And I hate everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Let's kill our father today. So Ursula yearns to return to a place of power. She wants to be in charge. She wants to control the seas, you know, all that nonsense. She tells her minions, Flotsam and Jetsam, to keep an eye on Ariel, whom she thinks is the key to getting the crown and the magical trident, which controls the seas. And this song is I Want the Good Times Back and is possibly one of my favorite Broadway songs. I will put that in there. (laughs) And this is one of the songs that was cut from the remake. <gasps> mm. Yeah. I like that one, too. I know. I just, I don't get it. They replace it with a song, though I think that was called Daddy's Girl. And it kind of goes more into re- the relationship of Triton and Ursula. Uh, I haven't heard it, but... Eh. But, like... I like this song. Why can't we have This both? explains why she's evil. <laughs> this song literally explains why. Yeah. Why she's such a jerk. <laughs> Ursula, explain. Explain. <laughs> So Ariel returns home and is berated by King Triton, who is angered to learn she has been visiting the surface. He is xenophobic towards humans, believing there to be nothing but savage fish eaters. And he's not wrong. True. <laughs> True. Ariel rushes off, upset, and King Triton assigns Sebastian to watch over her. You know, send your composer to watch your daughter. I don't know. The small crab. <laughs> yeah, keep track of my my, my daughter. Ariel sits in her grotto, full of human things she has collected, and imagines living in the human world. And the song is Part of Your World, probably one of the most iconic Disney songs. Yes, very classic. Ariel and Flounder meet Scuttle at the surface to see Prince Eric's ship up close. <gasps> On board, Grimsby tells Eric that he has to find a bride and take his place as king. Because that's always what you have to do to be a king, I guess. Right? <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. 
Meanwhile, a storm hits, and while the crew fights it, Eric is tossed overboard. Oh no! Ah! Uh, I would think he's able to swim, but I guess not. So no. <laughs> Ariel saves him and drags him to shore. And of course, as Disney movies do, she looks at him and realizes that she's just falling in love with him and vows to find a way to be with him. And so this is Obviously. part of your world reprise. Listen, she's like 16 years old. <laughs> first, The first human man she's ever laid eyes on. Yeah. You're mine. <laughs> but going back to him falling off the boat, didn't, didn't the prince want to like live his entire life on the sea? Yeah. And he's yep. just like, I'm going to fall off. Guess I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> I can't swim. I've never understood that part. <laughs> ah, the water's wet. <laughs> well, in the movie, he gets like, he gets, knocked, like knocked out. out. Yeah. yeah. But in this one, he just kind of, like, falls off. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, splash. I've fallen. <laughs> and he's life alert. Yeah. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> oh, no, I hope no lady comes and saves me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ridiculous. So, of course, Ariel has to return home and leave the beautiful man behind. Uh, but her behavior makes her sisters and Flanders suspect that she's fallen in love. And so she's like sighing and swooning everywhere and she's changing out her seashells and she's like humming all the time and she's just, ah, so happy. (sighs) And so this is a song, She's in Love. Which is so much fun, Mm -hmm. by the way. (laughs) It is. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a fun song. Meanwhile, on land, Eric is determined to find the woman who saved his life, but but the only clue he has is her voice because he was knocked out but could hear, I guess. And so this is the song, Her Voice. Sebastian reveals to King Triton that Ariel saved a human, and Triton angrily confronts her about it. The song is The World Above Reprise. How dare. Cannot drag him farther under so he can drown. <laughs> right. And so he takes his trident and uses it to destroy all of her human things in her cute little grotto, which is so rude. It's a bit excessive. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after he leaves, Sebastian tries to console her by showing her the wonders of the sea. And this is a song, Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Pretty well known, I would think. (laughs) But Ariel is furious with him for telling the king about her things. Obviously, he's a tattletale. And so she sneaks off a flounder during the song. Who wants to hang out with a snitch? Traitor. Traitor. Crabby traitor. (laughs) As she is leaving... Flotsam and Jetsam stop her and sweet talk her into seeking help from Ursula. The song is Sweet Child. Probably one of, again, one of my f- favorite songs. I like all the new ones added to this song. The show. <laughs> you you like this soundtrack. Say that phrase <laughs> so time. many times. Yes. And Listen, it's always true. I love so this many songs. Like one of my favorite songs. Yeah, this one is, is like, <laughs> because it gives more to the characters of Flotsam and Jetsam in this s- small song. And it's like the way they sing it is like a like a crooning, mm-hmm. like alluring kind of voice. Mm. And I just really like the way they portray them. So they're like, come, come, child. Come see the witch. We are definitely not tricking you. No. We are honest. <laughs> Never. So, of course, Ariel agrees to go with them because they've promised that Ursula can fix all of her problems. And obviously, you know, <laughs> she's dumb. And so she goes to meet Ursula in her secret hideout under the sea. So Ursula presents Ariel with a deal, and in this deal, Ariel will be turned human for three days, which in that time, she must win the true love's kiss from Prince Eric. Because everyone can get that true love in three days. Mm-hmm. So if Ariel wins this deal, 
she'll be human forever. If she fails, her soul belonged to Ursula. Ariel must also pay for the service by giving Ursula her voice, which Ursula stores in her magic Nautilus shell. And the song is Poor Unfortunate Souls. And I like both renditions of the song, whether the Broadway or the movie adaption, but in the Broadway version, she really like goes the distance on this song, and I love it. She's very extra. <laughs> so Ariel signs the agreement and sings into the shell, giving up her voice. And in return, she is transformed into a human, and she swims up to the surface. Dun, da, 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 da. Da. And she swims to the surface, into the intermission. 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 This is the intermission. It's the best song. Dude, dude. <laughs> My <Yeah>. theme song. <laughs> it's Kelly's theme song. So, guys, uh, what do you think about Act One? It's the Little Mermaid. Yes, you're correct. They probably should have tried transforming her into human closer to the surface, because I'm sure her newly found human lungs were not happy. Oh, she. She's definitely got the bends. Yep. Maybe that was sure. Ursula's plan. Just like, there you go, you're a human. <laughs> just like, <laughs> explodes. I win! She's got magical plot armor in that little bit. Mm-hmm. Or she would have straight up died. <laughs> but, yeah, so the story is very basic, you know? It's a story we all grew up with, and it's there's barely anything new here. Slight new stuff, but nothing that changes the story. So yeah. drastically. Yeah. Just extra information, really. Yeah. And so. mostly just on Ursula. Backstory. Which is okay. I'm for it. But I, I do like it. It is a good adaption from a movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it seemed like an easy transition, because it's, you know, underwater you can do a lot of cool colors, a lot of cool stage designs, compared to, like, other stories you can... I, I feel like they had a lot of room to work with. Because you didn't have to have, like, a set one thing as, like, your your background or, yeah. or anything. That is true. And the pictures from this, the, the Broadway adaption, are very colorful and very fun. Mm-hmm. And the costumes are, you know, very over the top, and I love it. Oh, yeah. So, of course, there will be pictures posted on our website on this vlog. Oh, I also didn't mention that... We are indeed following the Broadway cast recording, which of course is on our Spotify, which will be linked below. And I do recommend giving it a listen. It's a good time. It's fun. It's so fun. Oh, oh my god, so, so fun. <laughs> oh my god. All right. <laughs> so I guess that wraps up our thoughts on uh, Act 1. <laughs> so Kylie, why don't you give us some factoids? Okie doke. So, a fun fact about the show, in the reinvented version of the musical, Ursula and Trident had multiple older sisters, and they were all killed by Ursula of jealousy. <laughs> she enjoys killing people. Yeah. Uh, when Ursula became the ruler of the Seven Seas, Trident overthrew her and became king, which is why she wants revenge, as one would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The magic Nautilus shell was a gift to Ursula from Poseidon to ease his guilt because he didn't give her as much attention as his other daughters. At the climax of the show, it's revealed that Ursula is also responsible for the death of Ariel's mother. So, she's just all around terrible. She hates her family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the family also seems like they kind of hate her. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, so it's a little bit different from this version, but 
I don't really mind that that wasn't in the original. Eh. Our other theater fact for the week is the theater district was one of the first streets in New York to be fully illuminated by white electric bulbs in the 1890s, thus giving rise to the nickname The Great White Way. Ever since 1910, the Broadway signage was illuminated with candescent bulbs as architects realized the advertising potential of dazzling lights, hence adding to the lights of the streets. Fair. And during World War I, the lights of Broadway were dimmed. Public demand forced the government to increase the city's coal ration to restore the lights. <laughs> okay. Give us back the shiny! Selfish, but alright. <laughs> That is super selfish. Like, come on, guys. They just want something <laughs> nice in a world of death. Of sadness. Yeah. But also, like, they dimmed the lights because that makes a huge target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, yes. People are ridiculous. But I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, so how about we go ahead and jump into Act 2. Yeet. Yes. She's got legs now, so I can say that. She doesn't jump very well, though. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> okay, so Sebastian and Flounder bring the now human Ariel to shore, and Scuttle and the Seagulls give her a pep talk to raise her spirits. They help her get used to her new legs in the process, and the song is Positivity. So cute. It is so much fun. It's so cute. Big tap dance number, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. Eric arrives, and Ariel tries to speak to him, but of course she cannot speak. But Eric brings her to his palace because obviously she's this strange naked lady on a beach. Can't resist strange you know? naked ladies on beaches. Right, I mean, who Gotta would? take you home. Gotta take them home. Carlotta, the headmistress, and the maids bathe and dress Ariel. Meanwhile, Ariel is just fascinated with the human world, and the maids wonder why Prince Eric would bring back such a weird girl. They're like, she's mute and she just stares at everything like an idiot. <laughs> but... The song is Beyond My Wildest Dreams. And the song is kind of neat because it takes place technically inside Ariel's head. So she's examining this whole world for the first time and she's just having all these emotions and she can't quite express them in any other way. So I think it's real cute. That night, Chef Louis cooks dinner for Ariel, Grimsby, and Eric and almost cooks Sebastian for the grand finale. And this song is Les Poissons and Les Poissons Reprise. Les poissons, les poissons. Hee hee hee! Ha ha ha! That's what That's I remember from that song. I know, I know. But <laughs> y'all went into it hard. You have I think to with that you song. You would play Chef Louis if we did oh, a rendition yes. of the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's for sure. I, love I don't it. know. I think I have a terrible French accent. Go for it. So does exactly. he. Exactly. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. it's, it's pretty. It's whatever. Is it? Uh, it's very exaggerated French. French. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna do a production of uh, Little Mermaid. Got it. Yep. Sign up for it, guys. I'm ready. <laughs> 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 we all play multiple characters. <laughs> no, it's it's everybody. So we get people to do all the roles, but everyone is in the voice of Chef Louis. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I like it. Everyone has a bad French accent. For some reason. For no reason. (laughs) (laughs) They all sound like some old French guy. This all goes into Matt's musical. Uh... (laughs) Yep. Nice. Save your tickets today. (laughs) 
So Eric and Ariel spend time together, and Eric teaches her how to dance, which is adorable, and this is the song One Step Closer. So cute. Meanwhile, Ursula anxiously waits for the three days to pass and sends Flotsam and Jetsam to keep an eye on things. So this is I Want the Good Times Back reprise. She going to cheat. <laughs> of course she is. She's the bad guy. True. So after a tour through the kingdom, Eric takes Ariel on a boat ride through the lagoon. And of course, classic scene here, right? Sebastian and Scuttle watch and try to create a romantic atmosphere for Eric to kiss Ariel in the song, Kiss the Girl. Or yes. Kiss the Girl. You gotta say it right, yeah. <laughs> kiss the girl. <laughs> Ooh la 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 la. <laughs> but in this one, I mean, you've listened to this one, right? Mm-mm. It's like super Jamaican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian is like way, way Jamaican. And so, of course, right as Eric and Ariel are about to kiss, getting closer, guys. <gasps> oh my god. Flotsam and Jetsam give the boat an electric shock, scare the animals ah. away, and swim away gloating. Sparks are flying, <laughs> man. Sparks are flying. But not the right kind. And so this is a Sweet Child reprise. As the second day ends, Ariel wishes she had more time and could talk to Eric. Uh, she just needs to learn sign language, I guess. Yes. Or how to write. <laughs> that would have solved this whole problem. Yes, it would. So Triton worries about where his daughter has gone. Which is fair, because she's just disappeared yeah. now. And so he vows to change should she return. And not be such a jerk that just destroys her things. If she does not return, he doesn't need a change. He's a conflicted man. (laughs) Yes. It's gotta be hard to be a father and a king. Of seven girls. Yeah. (laughs) Just wanted a son. Without his wife. Just wanted one. (laughs) So Sebastian is concerned that Ariel's time as a human is almost up, and clearly she hasn't uh, won her bet yet. Eric is still dreaming about finding the girl of his dreams who saved him from drowning, but of course he doesn't want to lose Ariel, who he's starting to like. And so this, if only, quartet. It's very neat. Meanwhile, Sebastian returns to the sea and tells an angry King Triton about Ariel's deal with Ursula. So he's tattletailing again. Dun-dun. But for a good reason this time. I guess. She'd been tricked. Could have done it sooner. Could have. Should have. Didn't. (laughs) But didn't. On Ariel's last day as a human, Grimsby has arranged a contest for all foreign princesses to sing for Eric so that he may choose one for his bride. Grimsby is just kind of like dove into this whole concept that Prince Eric is in love with the voice. He's like, well, I'm gonna make it happen. Here you go, man. The song is The Contest. This is the biggest thing that's different from the movie. Yes. All these other options. Mm -hmm. Because Ursula's persona, Vanessa, never shows up, which I'm okay with. So Eric, of course, isn't interested in any of them because none of them are the voice. But Ariel asks to participate, dancing instead of singing, for him. No. And Eric decides to pick her. Aww. He's so cute and adorable. It, but she's not princess. It don't matter. Okay. He just needs to marry a lady. Okay. Before they can embrace, though, Ursula appears, declaring the sun has set and Ariel now belongs to her. Ha 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 ha. I don't know how she got on land, but whatever. <laughs> like an octopus lady, it's fine. It's true. But what? A, okay. But the next one is Flotsam and Jetsam grab Ariel and take her back to the sea. How did they get on land? <laughs> Maybe they were in like ankle deep water. I don't know. The contest took place 
in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> he loved, listen, the prince loves the sea so much. They're Not all that he can swim. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, a mashup of Spongebob and a little mermaid, and they're all wearing little fish heads filled with water. <laughs> or, uh, fish bowls filled yes. with water. Fish heads full of water. Yep. Nope, I like that one better. <laughs> You mean like that uh, Panic at the Disco music video? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Should it be? No. It should. You know, you could like state some like insane dream you had and then follow it up with, yeah, like the Panic at the Disco music video. <laughs> and it would probably fit. Like True. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a bit out there. Yes. <laughs> Any music video, really. So King Triton arrives to confront his sister, and in the end agrees to take Ariel's place. So Ursula claims the magic trident, declaring herself queen, in the song Poor Unfortunate Souls reprise. And she ends up banishing Triton with a wave of the trident. Dun, dun. No! Be gone! More like poor unfortunate bro. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like <Yep>. it. <laughs> Petition to make that the actual title of that song? Yes, I will sign it. Okay. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make the change right now. We're gonna go call up Mr. Disney. Yeah. Just just put it on one of those online petitions and have everybody sign it. Yeah. <laughs> put it into law. All we have to do is change the Wikipedia page. It's fine. Yeah, we'll sign on in. Get fixed that. It's fine. So, Ursula gets into a battle with Prince Eric's ship. Ariel grabs Ursula's Nautilus shell and regains her voice. <gasps> ah! Da-da-da. Uh, this causes Flotsam and Jetsam to get scared and swim away. Oh gosh, she's got a voice again. Run! She's gonna sing at us so beautifully. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ursula begs Ariel to return the shell to her, trying to sweet talk her into doing it, and she even says that she can make her human permanently. And Ariel considers it for a oh. moment, because it is a tough decision. Yeah. But ends up destroying the shell, which in turn <laughs> destroys Ursula and restores King Triton to his throne and to his daughter. Aww. Aww. Yay. Yeah. Yay. King Triton realizes just how much Ariel loves humanity and Prince Eric and decides to turn her into a human permanently and then puts her on the beach. (laughs) Just like eats her. (laughs) Throws her. (laughs) Eric and Ariel are reunited on the beach and Eric asks King Triton's blessing to marry Ariel. They've known each other for three days, but it's fine. Eh, That's how it works. Yeah, you know. Welcome to any Disney movie older ever. love story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did we just meet? You're mine forever. Nice. But in a difference of this one, King Triton actually says that it's Ariel's place to answer. Oh. So he gives her, gives her the choice. Mm. Of course she accepts. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? The end. Whole story. I ruined. want Grimsby. <laughs> And then she, <laughs> she just, like, tap dance off the stage, like, with a top hat, just like, ha ah. Got him again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> again, more notes for my musical. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eric starts to realize that uh, Ariel was the voice that he was searching for all along. Oh, King Triton then says goodbye to his daughter in the song If Only, reprise. And in honor of his daughter, King Triton declares peace between humans and merfolk. And Ariel and Eric are married and sail away on a ship. And this is finale. (laughs) For him to drown, because he can't swim. He can't swim, because he is an idiot. (laughs) 
but they live happily ever after. The end. And then they have a daughter. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's movie number two. Which has not been made into a musical for all I know. Nope. So that's, that's the show. Yeah. That's Ooh. it. We, we did, did it. It did a little mermaid. It did a little mermaid. You know it. You love it. I love it. It's a show. <laughs> it's a show. So, what is everyone's thoughts about this? Yeah. It's alright. little mermaid. <laughs> it's a show. It's a show. Go watch it. <laughs> Next time they remake it, they need to do Matt's version. Or yes. our version. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Let us at it. Hey, kiss the girl. <laughs> Two notes. One on that. Katie, if you you should be collecting every reference we make to uh, Matt's musical. Because if Matt doesn't write it, I will make it my NaNoWriMo project. <laughs> it, it is going to be a monster. Yes. And I'm looking forward to, to this. Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Two. <laughs> on point. No, like this musical, I mean, it's just, it's simple and fun, and it's got that nostalgia factor, which I love, so it's got a place in my heart just for that reason. Yeah, same. Yep. And it, it, it is like a very basic story, but mm-hmm. I still like listening to the music all the time. You know, it's one of the ones I have on CD. Yeah, the, the love at first sight stories get a little drawn out nowadays, yeah. but... Whatever. It's not bad. No. It's definitely not bad. I know bad. We know bad. It is not bad. It's not Spider-Man. It's not Spider-Man. But yeah. So that was uh, our covering of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, let us know how you feel about the differences between the renditions. If you've seen the version that we just talked about, let us know how it compares. Because we've only ever seen the new revamped version. Mm Mm-hmm. But I personally like the music setup for the Broadway version. So just let us know that way. You can email us at savemeanisleseat at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. Always up for discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please, 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 if you could like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen to our podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. And just, you know, tell your friends and family and, you know... Tie someone down and make them listen to it. You know, whatever you yep. need to do, man. We won't judge you. <laughs> okay. We'll <laughs> applaud you. Yeah, so just uh, however way you can support us, that would be awesome. If you, you know, give us a shout out on Twitter if you really feel like it, that'd be really cool. In other ways, if you would like to support us, we, of course, still have our Ko-Fi open. That is www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. That helps support all of the the show's under the ragtag umbrella, which we are, of course, a part of. Or else why would I say so? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe if we earn enough money, we'll produce Matt's musical. Who knows? Yeah, Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> Send us lots of money. <laughs> then you'll have to. <laughs> no. Please no. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Exactly. So yeah, so thanks for listening to us, you guys. We appreciate your support. We are creeping up there on the 400 episode mark. Four. Not four episode episodes. 400 downloads mark. I mean, the statement is true. We are, we creeping, are creeping up <laughs> on the 400 episode just, you mark. Know, slowly. We are creeping up just, there very slowly. Just <laughs> creeping, yes. Creeping. Uh. <laughs> 
Uh, we also do apologize for missing our last episode. Miss Amber was out of town on vacation. Well-needed vacation. Beaching, my dudes. Yes. And Being we, safe and social distance, yes. but beaching. Yes. Yes. And I don't remember what our next show is going to be, so it's going to be a surprise for everyone. And we hope you enjoy it, whatever it may be. Uh, it's actually <laughs> going to be Anastasia. Woo! Yes! That's my plan. Yay. All right, so hopefully Anastasia yes. you'll hear next. Or something. Uh, but of course, you know, we do this because we like to do it. We have a good time. And, yeah. you know, we do shows that we like and that we know. But if there's something you maybe want to hear us cover, reach out. Let us know. And we'll consider putting it on our uh, schedule. Yeah, Because, absolutely. like, seriously, if there's... We do this for us, but we also do it for you. So if there's a, something you want to hear, let us know. Right. And again, like, any show can yes. be, you know, super well known that we just haven't happened to cover. Or something super obscure that you would love Matt to research for you. Yes. <laughs> Just let us know. <laughs> Don't do it, but, but kind of do it. <laughs> but do it. So we look forward to hearing suggestions from you, which of course you can send to our email or on Twitter. Yes. Amber will write down any of your suggestions and we'll get to them as soon as we can. I think that wraps us up for this one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Don't give away your voice to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs>